This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, Can Cam D kill off County? And United seeking statement success at Wraith. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duthie and podding alongside me this week are Graham Finnan. Hello everyone. Alan Temple. Uh, hello. And the man with the latest news, George Cran. Hello. I say that, George, because <coughs> we're starting with Dundee. And as well as the stadium news that we were going to speak about, you've got fresh stadium oh, breaking, news. Breaking stadium breaking news. Breaking stadium <laughs> news. They've killed Mark. <laughs> yeah, kill Mark is no longer the name of the stadium. I'd have to say an apology to the Kilmac company because I don't think I ever used that name in the paper once. But <laughs> no De- one ever does. Dens is too short. But it is now the Scott Foam Stadium at Dens Park. So well done to Scott Foam. It's got a new name that we'll never use. <laughs> yeah. A new name that we'll never We've use. We've used it now though. So <laughs> and, and sure, do you Scott Holmes? Scott Foam. Scott Foam. Yeah. One word. Like you mm-hmm. do at the mouth yeah. when you speak there. That's a bit of that. And that leads us nicely in our first ever this week's competition. What on earth Scott for? Well, people could find out, I guess, because yes. I don't know. But uh, well done to them for, for uh, and don't g- be giving the club a wee bit of this money. This might be a podcast, but you have to write in on a postcard because we've no other technology. <laughs> I always think it's uh, uh, a good way for a club to make money because, uh, I mean, this company obviously wants its name on the stadium and yeah. they're going to pay for that, but... Generally, people are still going to call it Dens. You must realise, so, though, that in newspapers, the chances of getting a sponsor's name yeah. before the actual stadium hasn't... Trying hasn't to fit that in the headline, if, yeah. If they didn't, they do yeah. now. Yeah. 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 just cost yeah. lots of clubs. I know, <laughs> I know, but yeah, they must realise that for themselves. To be, to uh, be fair, we the internet world uh, nowadays. But until this morning, I had never heard of Scott Foam. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, ah. absolutely, yeah. To be fair to Dundee, though, they were one of the clubs that actually got around the whole thing. I mean, remember Arsenal, the Emirates, and all it's various stadiums around Reebok. the world. And in fact, yeah. like, you can't call it after a sponsor. Dundee just went kill Mark Stadium at Dens Park, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that that gets you. That keeps everybody happy because everybody says, and it can't go too far. Because does anybody know what Livingston? Can anybody remember what Livingston Stadium was really called? It's had so yeah. many names. It was in Almondville. Almondville. It was. Yeah. I mean, you worked there. But, th- but then, can, <laughs> can anyone. You, you had to put it in the sat nav every morning. <laughs> can, does anyone know what the Bolton Stadium is called now? It's, all, it's still called still call the Reebok, but it hasn't been sponsored by Reebok uh, for years and years and yeah, years. Yeah, so. the, the, see, that, that's to make a serious point. That's maybe where clubs like Dundee have learned off of clubs like Bolton. Don't call it after a sponsor when you first open it because it's known as that forevermore. It sticks. It sticks. Aye, and, and then. You would think they struggle a wee bit to get stadium sponsors because there's like, well, everybody calls it Reebok, they get free adverts. <laughs> anyway, but I mean, more important than the name, Yes. after 14 long years, it, the Dens yeah. Park Arena <laughs> <laughs> is back in Dundee's ownership, George. What's that about? It's, yeah, um, it's now owned by the people who own Dens Park, who own Dundee Football Club. <laughs> Should we say that? Can't be God's sake. Owner owns yeah. what he owns. Anyone listening who doesn't know the background to this story is now completely yeah. confused. But no, uh, <laughs> yes, after 14 years, and massive credit has to go to John Bennett, I have to say. Um, dealt with him on a few occasions. Lovely guy to deal with. Um, any o- publicity. Yeah. But <laughs> another businessman could have easily went, it's mine. I'm going to sell it to whoever I want. But he was always, always going to sell it back to the club um, when there was a set price for years he was quite happy the club was paying rent um, but the price was there whenever Dundee owners uh, could meet that price and wanted to, t- to take the, the stadium back that he was happy either way so I, th- I think he deserved great credit for for deserves great credit for a lot of things John, yeah. John Bennett is the one of those rare figures uh, in the modern world of sport or business, he's a man who you can actually say he's never been in it for himself. Yeah, mm. he's he's been a director at United, a major sponsor of Dundee, gave Dundee to quickly go to the background for people like Alan who were still, still at school, still yeah. at school, or 
living <laughs> elsewhere in the country. John bought the stadium to give Dundee the cash to pay off their debt at the bank at a hugely discounted uh, rate. Mm. Now, the thing we never realised at the time was the bank needed cash because the big bank crash was about to happen. We should have we got a much bigger story out of that, and we didn't because none of us are financial experts. But John gave that, bought that stadium to give Dundee the hard cash to pay off their debt. At various times uh, across the road at Tannadice, he helped United financially, and he doesn't even he doesn't he genuinely doesn't even want the recognition for it because he does not like publicity. He's been an amazing figure in the world yeah. of sport in Dundee for decades now, uh, and he's a lovely guy when you meet him. He just if you if you had the the press ticket in your hat, he didn't want to meet you, and he's done he's done all yeah. that just because he he liked going up. John, and John's idea to wasn't to sit in the director's box which he had to do when he was a director at United, wasn't to sit in the director's box and sort of get, get applause. John liked to go with a few mates to hospitality, have a few drinks, watch the game, go up the road, and never courted publicity, no. but has helped both clubs and other other sporting institutions in this area out enormously down the years. And he is he's a huge... They should actually have a statue of him in the city square. Oh, he'd love but that, wouldn't he? would have it? to put a hood over <laughs> because he wouldn't want his face to be seen. Not that there's anything no. wrong with his face. But, I mean, from Dundee fans' point Took of view... Took us all out of that hole. Uh, yeah. From Dundee fans' point of view, um, George, yeah. good news. It's good news. Uh, the club uh, described it as a significant step towards their their vision to, to build a new home at Camperton Park, which has been obviously on the go for a long time. I think they bought the, the land there back in 2016. Um and it's still nothing built there yet, but ho hopefully we're getting closer to it. Um, the thinking behind needing to buy Dens Park was to remove that um, rent hanging over their head, basically. If, if they were going to move stadium and you still got a long-term lease at Dens Park, how, how's that going to work? You're going to have to mm -hmm. pay for your, new, for your shiny mm -hmm. new stadium and your old one. Pay your mortgage and your rent. Exactly. Um, so that I think John Elms said it, it gives them much more room to manoeuvre in terms of how they go about um, building the, the new stadium. Um, plans have changed. Obviously, I did the story a couple of years ago when they were first... It's not the first time the club have been trying to buy Dens Park back, but when a they were moving years things ago, on. A couple of years before Yeah. Uh, but a couple of years ago, the plan was to buy Dens Park, sell off the land, use part of that money uh, to fund the new stadium. And in the meantime, there would obviously be a bit of time where the club wouldn't have a, a home, home ground, really, and they would look to ground share it somewhere else. I think St Johnston and Arbroath were mentioned at one point, but that's no longer required. Uh, things have changed. It's obviously two years down the line, and they don't feel like that's going to be needed, uh, which I think is is good. It's kind of re reassured a few fans. I think that they're not they're not going to have this stage where they don't have a home uh, ground to to play at. Mm -hmm. um, and the date now. Been a few dates over the years. Um, 2018, I think. Yeah. Uh, John Nelm said in the press conference he hopes to have uh, Dundee in the stadium and playing football summer of 2025, which isn't that far away. Bear, I'm sick of hearing myself say this <laughs> stadium's never going to happen. So, I'm not, I'm, well, I just said it, but I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> As much as we can debate whether or not the stadium's going to happen uh, up at Campy, but this is a significant investment again by the owners, and it, nothing speaks louder than actions when it comes to reiterating your long-term commitment and just buying Dens. Whatever happens down the line with, with, with the new stadium, just buying Dens is encouraging, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, a big step in the in the right direction. Um, incredibly ambitious plans to build the stadium and be playing in it by 2025 if that's what John has actually said that's mm -hmm. you know that uh, that still sounds to me like a bit fantasy talk I've got to say we've heard John Nelson saying he wanted a shovel in the ground by 2018 I think 2018, the first time yeah. I think that, you know I've heard that <coughs> I'd be happy to see a shovel in the ground by 2025 to be perfectly honest and see yeah. what you want to see as a fan now 
you want to see bricks and mortar. Up yeah, up, exactly. Up, yeah. You know, the, the new Proper stadium at Camperdown yeah. Park. Um, we've heard a lot of talk. I think I think there are. I mean, I was just broke the story. You remember way back, it was William mm-hmm. Kennedy that, that broke the story that they bought the actual... Uh, Liam grid. Drunk Kennedy yeah. after Newcastle's <laughs> result last night. <laughs> he, will be, he will be in good honour for that. But... Uh, yeah, and it seems to be an eternity now since since they've done that. But they had a vision for for Dundee where they want to go now. Like all things, I mean, sometimes visions can go a bit awry. You look just have to look at the government and HS two. What's happened with that? Um, bringing that into the podcast. Uh, but hopefully, this is a this is a major step forward. But for all Dundee fans, I think most importantly now is that in, in terms of the new stadium. Let's see action. We've heard a lot of yeah. words. There's been a lot of words written about it. Let's see the diggers rolling in up there. And obviously, the planning permission has to come before that as well. Yes. So that has the to plans be have to be submitted. They have to be approved as well. But I go back to my original point. Just the fact that they're yeah. buying Dens mm-hmm. shows a long-term commitment it does. to Dundee yeah. Football Club, it does. wherever they're playing. But they've been here now, Tom, over 10 yeah. years. And in, in Dundee Football Club history, that is quite a long-term commitment in that, in that place they're actually at, you know, given the, the, the 10 years prior to that, what had been going on with owners, etc., etc. So, yeah, but fans have got to show a bit of faith. You know, I think we, we all feel that the owners can be a bit more vocal at the time, but it's their club, they can, they can choose to announce things when they want. Um, but, but you and I have, maybe more me, but we've often been critical of them. Yeah. But... To be fair to them, it's, it's how they go about their football business. How they go about running Dundee Football Club as a business is mm-hmm. it's, it's for the for the longest period in mm-hmm. the longest time since I mean I started full time on sport in nineteen eighty eight. Mm-hmm. Since pre since almost those days, in fact, definitely those days, it's a very stable business in yeah. terms of paying its bills. Honouring its commitments to customers and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and you cannot criticise them for no. that. The people get paid on time. No, and no. that wasn't always the case. Or they didn't always no. know that would be the case. There has been stability off the park. And I think they can take great credit for that. There hasn't been stability on the <laughs> park. But that is football. No. That yeah. is the life of, of, of owning a football club. You're, they can be up one minute, down the next minute. But whatever's happened... They've stooped, they've been in the background and made sure that, like you say, wages have been paid, bills have been paid, and they've still always had this vision going forward, which I think is, I think if it comes to fruition, would be magnificent for Dundee Football Club and for the city of Dundee to have a, a brand new purpose-built stadium for the for the 21st century, not the one we're, mm-hmm. we're playing in. As, as much as I love Dens Park and the history and everything behind it, you know, it's it's an it's ancient. Yeah. You can see it's that fun, yeah. it, it's time it's time to move, and I think hopefully. Now we're moving in the right direction. I can understand the fans' concerns. Hopefully they've been alleviated a wee bit by what they've said. They won't be leaving Dens. I think John Nelms has been quoted as saying, hopefully the last ball, the kick at Dens, the next game... The next ball will be at the, next the, ball will the, be at the, at the new yeah. stadium. And I think mm-hmm. that hopefully that can keep the, put the fans' minds at ease. Yeah, because there, there was always the worry about being nomads and you see some clubs down south where it happens and, and yeah. there's just no... Yeah. That would be an absolute disaster. And you disaster, just drift. A club well, just drifts. I think, you could, yeah. I think you could wear it for maybe half a dozen games if, if you see where the end yeah. product is almost almost over the line. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, to, to play another stadium for a season at a time, that would be that would be a real concern for anyone. So hopefully that's been knocked on the head. I mean, without pretending it's a big issue elsewhere in the country, I mean, Alan... Most of the period we've just been speaking about, you were elsewhere, uh, and you've never had this crazy. Oh no! Wait a minute, you covered hearts. <laughs> 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 but um, the, I mean, the rest of Scottish football for a long time. Really, if you said, if you said, what do you think about Dundee? Maybe one of the answers you would get is, well, will there be a Dundee this time next year? And for the last decade, because of these American owners, that's not been an issue. And I mean, I would think, again, without pretending it's a huge issue for the the, the SPFL and, and the SFA, it's nice for these guys to know there is... Some of their clubs do have stable ownership. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, when when your administration count is above one, then clearly it's not been a stable period. Um, so... Uh, so the, good we did it twice. The, <laughs> the fact that, uh, that, you know, the fact that there is a... Uh, a steady stream of income and owners that are willing to put their hand in their pocket because no doubt 
without, I mean, George will know the financials a lot more than me, but I don't doubt that there's been moments when stop gaps have been necessary mm. or um, the, there's been a, a requirement to back the club financially. So the fact that they're still doing that through what has been a tumultuous period of in footballing terms, yeah. you know, there has been that yo-yo club vibe and there has been moments when you would look at the stadium project and think, is this going to happen? At which point, you wonder if it was ever squeaky bum time for them thinking, you know, Tim Keyes and John Nelms mm. thinking, well, if this isn't going to happen, are we going to stick around? So they've rode that out and I do I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't honestly have enough expertise in either planning permission, road building, access routes or all these things to know whether this is going to come to fruition. But you but, cleverly raised the stumbling <laughs> blocks. Yeah, some some might suggest that getting to this new yes, stadium still seems still seems incredibly problematic and I've yet to see um, a cast iron solution that makes sense and seems realistic in the current financial climate. Yeah. But uh, they presumably, having got this far and talking about planning permission later yeah. this year, they presumably think they have a solution. So who am I to say that they don't? Well, yeah, I asked that very question, particularly about the access um, to John Nelms yesterday, and he's, he says that they think they've they've solved it enough. Any clues? To, no. No clues. Yeah. No we're clues. All, but, we're all um, right. We're all we're gonna, have to report to Riverside mm. at one o'clock and we're up <laughs> by helicopter. I think we're going to find out when the planning permission is, is submitted. I think we're going to find out a lot of information when that happens, to be honest. And it would um, be great if they could find a way. Of course. I yeah. mean, the, 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 the scepticism, certainly on my part, and, and a detective, your part, Alan, it's not, it's not about not wanting it to happen. It's about saying there are real stumbling blocks there. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly there's no desire to pick holes in it. I'm blessed with neutrality on these things. Um, so it's, um, yeah, I, I I would love it if they could make it work. And as you say, a brand new facility in the city, it does a lot more than just football in theory, yeah. which is, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we can get a little bit uh, bogged down in, uh, you know, petty rivalries and it's always a good laugh and things, but it's more than just football potentially, mm -hmm. this in terms of some of the facilities that it could bring to the city, including obviously the uh, much needed, you know, secondary crematorium and things like that. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think the, the whole city, if you put aside differences over which you know, scarf you put around your neck yeah. on a Saturday could be willing for this to happen. It's just that one aspect and having spoken to and heard from people who have spoken to experts and, yeah. you know, these these things that uh, access to and from the stadium, um, it's, it's a tough one to solve. It's a tough one to pay for as well. I'd be yeah. curious to know where the funds are coming because even if you were to sell Dens Park, I'd... <laughs> I'm not sure if it pays for the stadium construction, the construction of no, the No, I, I think it was to help. Yeah. Ah, yeah. It was to go to punters yeah. maybe don't realise this goes for um, housing developments as well. If, if, if part of a condition of planning permission is used to put in a new access road or a new roundabout or something like that, it's not the council or the Scottish government no. that's going to pay for that. Mm. You've got to pay for it. And so it, is, it adds a lot of money. It's it's millions and millions yeah, and yeah. millions. You know, if you talk to anyone that with an expertise of, of St Johnston, you ask how, how much that extra <laughs> access road to, um, yeah. you know, McDermott Park cost. These I, it's not an actually, inconsequential. They, they were one of the ones who were lucky because it was a it was a government yep, plan that absolutely. road that was paid and it was. Oh yeah, I'm not discussing. I'm not a suggesting lot, a lot oh, yeah, of money. Not suggesting St Johnston paid for it, but but. And just in terms of what that cost, uh -huh. it ran into the, I think it might have been eight figures from, yeah. you know, so it's, and obviously that's coming off a, you know, major, uh, you know, a major, a major road, just yeah, like this one would thing be. about governments and councils, when they're doing it themselves, they might do it quite cheaply, but if, they want, <laughs> if it's a subject to planning permission, they want the five-star deluxe. Yeah. So it'll be fascinating, yeah. when, you know, when we do get a, a look at the planning permission and it's, it's, it's exciting. If they think they've solved it, then that's an exciting prospect. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they keep getting asked about it. It's, uh, it's not like they won't have done the work. I, well, I hope. Totally. Um, oh, yeah, it would, they'll, be, they'll... it would be embarrassing <laughs> if they submitted the planning permission and it was just a road coming off the king's way. Yeah, so... Um, you know, it's uh, it'll be something that'll have and, to be... And they will have been in contact with the relevant authorities to find out exactly what would be needed to get it through. Um, Interesting times. So, but to drag yeah. this back to football, guys, it's also worth remembering that this investment that they've made to get buy back Dens comes at a time when they've, they've put their hands deep in their pockets for Tony Doherty's yeah. squad. And the signs are there. 
Think so? It's paying off. I, th I, th I think we could very clearly see that the one thing they absolutely want to be, obviously they want to be in this new stadium. When they when that happens, they want to be a Premiership club and a, a solid uh, Premiership club that's, that's and not flopped for relegation. There could be. Yeah. I, I think they're looking pretty good, obviously. How was Easter Road, man? Were you, were you there? I was there. I thought it was a fine performance. Um, again, another disciplined performance from Tony Doherty's side. Uh, very interestingly, Portales comes right back. That was a surprise, yeah. Right back into the team. So much my, for my theory, the Mexicans would be home by Christmas. I think it, says, it says two things about Tony Doherty. Uh, he, how much, how highly he rates Portales. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the other side is... It looks like he's going to want to play three at the back. Yeah, we go again. Yeah, we go. The three, well, it was five. It turned out to five because Dundee were on the back foot for a lot of the game. And you guys have probably seen, probably seen the, the highlights. And you know, Hibs did have a lot of chances, but Dundee had a couple themselves. But what I would say is, the highlights. If you watch the highlights, the last about ten minutes, so you you don't get the full package. I saw the full game, and for a lot of the time, it wasn't just Dundee kicking the ball up the park and the ball coming back. Dundee yeah. played some really good stuff uh -huh. on Saturday, some really controlled stuff in the middle of the park, and McCowan and Cameron came back in. I thought Boateng had probably excellent. his best game. He's getting better and better. And they do, they begin, dare I say it, they begin to look like a, a solid premiership yeah. side. Yeah. In the context of how well Hibs were playing as well, it's a great yeah. result. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mentioned before the game, I cards on the table I had major fear for Dundee going yeah. there with and a you club, expressed those fears a club yeah. on the crest of a wave with you have to say Dundee <laughs> <laughs> I, was very, I was very impressed with what they say the way they went about their business yeah. 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 I mean, a, that's a, actually the other day pointed out even through their troubles Hibs were scoring a lot of mm -hmm. goals yeah. that's, a, that's a clean sheet against a team that was scoring goals playing good football and on the crest of a wave under a new manager mm -hmm. that's a that's an even better point than ordinarily a point used to road repeat it's a great result, yeah. great it's, result. The, it's the first domestic game that Hibs haven't scored this season uh -huh. the only team to stop them scoring this season in all their European games is uh, Aston Villa look at those strikers though yeah. You know, look at the front. Mm -hmm. They've yeah. got a 900 grand striker, Australian international, mm -hmm. Ellie Ewan, they've paid a pretty good, good attacking players that they've that Dundee have shut out. That's a, a you know, I don't think, I think you can sometimes think, you know, it was a draw, solid performance, defended mm -hmm. okay. That's, I think that's akin to one of the, the better results you can get in Scottish football just at this moment in time with, with Hibs being uh, on a real, real positive streak. And it could have been better had... One back, slightly mishit his shot at the end. I think he's absolutely smashed it. But went straight at Marshall. That's a boy you've been praising all week. You've just yeah. criticised him. He cost us two points. I see. I see. Well done, Tony Beck, to be in the Hibs box with five minutes to go. Ah, you know, I know. It says something about the ambition of the team yeah. and the manager, doesn't yeah. it? Well, I think if you, if you look at that move, I think Hibs, Hibs had the ball and Dundee broke clear and McCown did. I was McCowan yeah. and and uh, Martin Boyle tried to take him out and fair play to McCowan. He saw the opportunity could be there if he could get past him. Kept going, mm -hmm. plays it, plays it into Howley uh, and he, a good a good ball in. And any either side of uh, David Marshall, and that's that's in the back of the net. I think, yeah. by the way, if you listen to the highlights carefully, Tony Doherty's urging his players on late in the game. The fans are urging. There's a lone voice, the old goalie behind the goal. We are going. Get back! <laughs> 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 well, I'm shooting him. What are you doing? <laughs> <up here? laughs> yeah. I think. Uh, I think he might finish. He's never scored a senior goal. I get. I. It feels like oh, had, that's he, had he done no, had he done that, he would have scored it. If you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Staff, once you've done it the yeah. first time, it, it comes a lot easier the second time. I think. You look at the positions he it's gets been, himself into. That's yeah. coming, yeah. isn't it? He's been brilliant, and uh, I'm absolutely not surprised that he got called up to the Wales full squad. Um, he'd been training with them last month when he was with the under twenty ones, and it's yeah. It, it, Marshall, you know, see, on the subject of the boy Beck, I'm, I'm trying to frame this in a way that doesn't offend Dundee fans and Scottish Premiership fans. It's, it's been a wee bit lazy by Liverpool. Could they not put them to a Championship club down south? Well, well my big fear would be is if he keeps performing as he is. They might come, come Christmas, they think, January. Yeah. But then, this boy at a, interesting, a he, he did an interview with The Athletic this week and asking about why he came up here and obviously Liverpool have sent other players up here like Clarkston to Aberdeen there's a couple at Aberdeen uh, but they see it as good really good place to send their young players because they get a lot more time on the training That's pitch right. because Maybe a guaranteed game by the championship 46 aye. game yeah. season down That's south right, yeah. you're, you're basically Saturday, Tuesday Saturday, Tuesday but That's up here always a brain, mm. I thought that through 
I well, they've, they've obviously thought it through yeah, and, and think it's a really good Liverpool. place to send people. Um, I like the idea that Liverpool are lazy. <laughs> 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 they've got about 600 members of staff. I think they've thought it through. Uh, it's inter- it's interesting, this, though. This company had that and I was still lazy. <laughs> 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 but then it, it's good for Dundee that they could show that to the big clubs that if you send your player here, yeah. he's going to develop. Yeah. Um, and it's good for Scottish football if... A lot of clubs see Liverpool doing this and think, hmm, well, actually sending players up to Scotland, that, that might be a good thing. I also don't want to be cliched, but you look at Liverpool's starting left-back and heroic Champions League and League winner and yeah. the fact that he came through playing Scottish yeah. football, yeah, yeah. playing left-back in Dundee, you know, it's, it would probably make you less inclined to be sniffy towards Scottish football and even Liverpool's heritage with Scottish players mm-hmm. maybe makes them less inclined mm-hmm. to be sniffy towards Scottish football than perhaps a, a team Klopp in says there. to Andy Robertson, what do you know about up there? And Andy would say, great city, mm-hmm. not yeah. the team I played for. And he's obviously going to speak well of Scottish football. Yeah, but you mentioned Leighton Clarkson, you know, another yeah. great example. So there, there clearly is a, an appreciation of what coming to Scotland yeah. can give to a young player from Liverpool. And as George rightly says, that can only be a, a good thing um, in terms of getting players of that of that calibre, you know, up here and mm-hmm. getting to enjoy them for however long. Well, able on, to the, enjoy on, them. on the counterpoint to worrying about him getting taken away, I mean, Liverpool might just think, oh, he's doing great. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah. just leave him there. Yeah, he's yeah. doing brilliant. Also, yeah. the last what the player wants. I mean, yeah. they're bound to it seems, sit down it seems and very a, happy. If, yeah. And if he seems happy and says, listen, I'm maturing and I'm playing and uh, this is working for me, it would be a bold call for Liverpool to say, no, we're going to drop you somewhere else. Yeah, you know, and then really you might not play. Of course. So that's always the risk. You tend to think, Andy Robertson's 29 now, coming up for 30. This lad, he gets a good season. He might be in their yeah, squad. If you look at uh, uh, Owen Beck, the way he plays, and Andy Robertson, yeah. there are big similarities with the two. And obviously Liverpool... Like that sort of thing. That's the yeah. style of play. They're grooming. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're obviously rearing their players who can come in and do similar types of jobs. So yeah, he's. I mean, he's not Andy Robertson. Yeah, but you can see going forward. Yeah. he's got a real opportunity. I, I mean, switching back to the, the Dundee as a whole. Another thing I quite like just now about them is there's a calmness about them. They're, they're, we're encouraged by what they see. You described them as they look like a solid Premiership club here, but. Nobody's, nobody's getting carried away. It's still only one win. There's still room for improvement. But at the same time, they're not they're not saying, oh, we've only got one win. They're, mm-hmm. they're making progress. And they seem to have a nice balance between saying, well, this is encouraging, but we're not going to go overboard about it. Yeah, I think so. And this weekend will be a big big test with Ross County, obviously, on the same points. Uh, key contest go into the international break on the back of your second one of the season things look really mm. good and everyone's really happy um, I don't think they're yeah they're not really not far away from being a, a really solid premiership outfit I think they just need to get some points on the board um, but Ross County love coming to Dents Park I was, go- I was going to say and it's a, diff- it's a different manager a different squad but two years ago these were the games that basically confirmed Dundee to the drop mm-hmm. because for a long time I think was it three times they met Ross County when the two of them were very close yeah. to each other and Dundee didn't win any of those games well the first one Ross County hadn't won a game all season and then won 5-0 at the yeah. end yeah aye it was a costly fixture for Dundee two years ago if they can if they can flip that it mm-hmm. becomes the platform for a very good season yeah I don't think County I mean County have been a bit of an Indian had the Indian sign over Dundee mm-hmm. for a while uh, they had a few a few stars on their side the last time they came to Dens. I've yeah. got to say, Reagan Charles mm-hmm. Cook and uh, Joe Hungbo, yeah. Joe Hungbo, yeah. Um, and I've given Dundee a bit of a hard time, and I'm, I, I'm a bit concerned because County have, I've had, I think it's three defeats on the spin two against Aberdeen yeah. and you know, one against Hearts. And Malky Mackay will be drumming in on what they have to do this week to, to, to get a result, but you're, you're hoping that. I've never seen a, a game where Dundee have been exposed at all, and I don't see that happening uh, on, on Saturday. What they do have to do is obviously take the chances that yeah. come there. That's how they can turn the draws into victories, if they can, if they can convert some of those chances that, that are creating and expect them to create on on Saturday. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's early days, but it's a, a, it's a big game in terms of Dundee are actually... I look at the leagues, in, and I split the leagues into two, and Dundee are are playing a team who are in their league, if you can understand what uh-huh. I'm saying. There, there, are, there, are, there are certain teams who will be playing for a top six spot 
Dundee are playing to be top of the bottom six, anything better will take. But at this point in time, and uh, it's a bonus if you finish six. I see Ross County are part of that setup yeah. as well. So yeah, they're at home. Go and go and, yeah. go and get a win before the national break, and you know it'd be a good a good place to sign off at this yeah. at this point in time. I look at the table right now, and you look at the bottom five: Kilmarnock, Dundee, Livy, Ross County, St Johnston. I think that'll be the bottom five come the end. Just the way that we've seen the team so far. That's what it feels like. Thank God George is not the head of marketing then, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, they might change positions, but I'm just looking at the teams, uh, the top seven, they're all looking... Aberdeen are starting to put, put it together. Hibs are doing the same. Motherwell have been good. Don't know about Hearts, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> don't know what's going on Rangers, but similar look good, and obviously Celtic are going to win the league, so... So that, I think yeah. that's it. Well, they'll win the league before Dundee United. I, I was about <laughs> to say that brings the first first half of the programme an end. It brings, it brings Dundee, <laughs> the bottom half of the Premier League season an end, George. Oh, the, it's yeah. all done. They could sort that out, don't worry. Great stuff. Oh, moving across the road now. I was going to say to the Championship. Such is my grown coin. We're moving over the road to the, the 13th team in the Premiership. That's all I'm going to say. You're doing, you're doing your best to <laughs> put the mockers on this. Your dark blue sunglasses no, are shining through. No. This, is, <laughs> this is the weekend. Tom Duffy's prediction. And I've never been able to see this, say this in 30, 38 years or something like that. This is the weekend. The predictions are right. Those watching us on YouTube can actually see Tam's actually literally got dark blue glasses on. It's not even just a metaphor. Um, yeah, you would have... I'm Scottish. Yeah. He said clutching at straws. You'll have to get some tangerine ones to change halfway through the podcast next week. Two for 80 quid doesn't give you a big choice of colour. No, right. <laughs> Two for 80 quid? Big spender. Have you not noticed one of the lenses keeps falling out? Not to see Thompson pension stretches, huh? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it's um, uh, yeah, still unbeaten and the result against Queen's Park was a very good one, um, especially in the context of the club not risking Louis Moult, I think mm -hmm. sensibly. Um, uh, says the man who advised them not to risk Louis Moult. I know, <laughs> the, it bears a sense of panic, uh, I still recall when I suggested oh, that he's not worth he's it. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, only, I'm, I'm being, uh, being silly, but he's patting his own head while stabbing <laughs> bear right in the chest. But Tony Watt's a good striker. Tony, yeah, uh, and we've yeah. said that on this program. Tony Watt's problem is he's probably marginally, um, marginally worse than Louis Moult as a traditional out and out number nine in terms of holding the ball up, bringing others in, and being clinical in front of goal, and especially with his head. Tony missed a couple of headed chances before he scored. Mm -hmm. So, but. We are talking about marginal moments. They are both really capable number nines. And Tony Watt showed that. It was a really good all-round display. He ran himself into the ground, had two clinical finishes. I thought it was notable that you look at his second goal, it's instinctive, it's back post, it's first time, sweeps it in. I don't think he scores that goal in that manner unless he gets the first mm. one. And that's what... How many times have we seen it? Uh, that's what a goal after a while without a goal does for you. And uh, he led the line with... Aplomb, and I think the, the key thing that that does is eases fears. It eases fears among Dundee United fans that they've only got one striker capable of scoring a goal. I never believed that was the case. Anyway, I think I don't think Tony Watts. You know, the reason he wasn't scoring goals was because he's incapable of scoring mm -hmm. goals. It's because he didn't find himself often enough in positions to to score mm -hmm. goals. That that was the issue. Um, so that reaffirms. Um, a belief that is easy to say until it actually happens, but I was always relatively confident of, which is United have two very good number nines, two number nines of a calibre that um, any other club in the division would like to have them as their first choice striker. So that's a real positive, and uh, Louis Moult is still being handled with sort of kid gloves, so it'll be interesting to see artificial pitch Kirkcaldy on, Sun, uh, on Saturday, pardon, whether or not Jim Goodwin thinks on the back of that performance yeah, against that Queen's Park. My mind. Do you know what? Just go same again. You know, mm. um, you know on the bench. Yeah. Keep him on the bench, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I'm sure Bear will caution against that, but what are we thinking this week? <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> no. that, uh, Put that splint on his leg and <laughs> get him out there. <laughs> I want to say, uh, we were critical of uh, Tony Watt a couple of weeks ago on this, on this podcast, and he, he was dropped by his manager the following week to the bench. 
but he stepped up to the plate, didn't he, last Saturday? Yeah. And that, that's what United need from Tony Watt. And it, it shows, it just confirms what, what we think. Don't United have the two best strikers in the league on, you know, on their books? And that, that's that's a real fear factor for other, other teams, Tom. And, if they can, you know, if Tony Watt starts winning the goals, then your prediction that United could win the league by the end of October still won't come true. Comes true on Saturday. <laughs> won't come true. But it will go a long way to making sure that they will be championship champions come the end end of April, start of May. I mean, you have have the two best strikers. We mentioned Tony Watt needed a bit of confidence. These goals will give him confidence in, in his own performances. It'll be interesting to see if if, if Moult plays. I don't know if he has a, if he has an issue with uh, Arsenal tough pitches. You know, some players yeah. c- certainly are, are rested when when Arsenal tough pitches come along because they, they do pick up injuries on them. Um, but it's a set up for a fascinating, fascinating game at, at the weekend. And United will go there in full confidence with a big, big support at their back. And, you know, 300 extra tickets? Yeah, it's set up for a, a, a cracking match. And I think, it, it, you know, it, there's a couple of important areas. I think I noticed that Doherty and Sybil were back in the United lineup on at the weekend there. Yeah. Wraith Rovers have got their own Doherty and Sybil and Sean Byrne and Sam Stanton. And that's going to be a fascinating battle. They won't be direct, but whoever controls that area of the park. Mm, yeah. Could give them, give them, give their side a big opportunity to go and win the match. Just on that ticket thing, I always I think clubs like Wraith, who have invested in their stadium, well done to them for that. But this is sometimes the it's good financially, but for the manager and players, they can suffer a wee bit because you can get a great atmosphere from the away end at Wraith. Because it's a mm-hmm. cracking stand. Oh, yeah. But that's when. Um, that's where Wraith deserve an awful lot of credit for mm-hmm. putting out a survey to their supporters this week to basically say, do you want us to hand over mm. any these extra tickets to Dundee United? And I've you know I've, I've managed to get a hold of the email and it was a really good in depth breakdown of the f- the numbers involved, the financials involved, and as a result. I think 96% of supporters voted in favour of giving Dundee United yeah. extra tickets. Now, that shows that, see if you're just reasonable and transparent with your supporters, they might actually go along with what your business head mm. wants. The problem comes when supporters are, are frightened that the cl- that supporters might not be aligned to their thinking and just make decisions unilaterally. That's how you alienate a fan base. And so when you treat fans like grown-ups, they yes. act like grown-ups. Yes, absolutely. And if you're saying to them that, it's the thick end of 10 grand that mm-hmm. they're going to make, um, which is not an inconsequential amount of money for a championship club, for the sake of giving Dundee United the railway stand, which, with the best will in the world, is not a jumping cauldron of ferocity. You know, it's a it's a, it's a a one-tier, newly renovated stand that runs along the railway track. Uh, it only shakes because a train's passing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, um, I think they've made the right decision and they've made the right decision in the right way, which um, I think is really in keeping, I know we're not a Wraith Rovers podcast, but uh, it's really in keeping with the, uh, the the ethos and the mentality of the new owners and the way that they've really created a sense of togetherness and community in a really short period of time at Wraith mm-hmm. Rovers. When they when, were struggling for that. When, my goodness, were they struggling for that. Yeah. They, they could not, the fan base could not have felt more apart from the uh, previous owner um, who, yeah, made a lot of questionable decisions. Yeah. And dragging this back onto United, they're going through this wee period that even when things don't go to plan, they don't go to plan at the right time. Louis Moult gets <laughs> injured, Tony Watt goes back to number nine, scores two goals. If you're going to lose a goal in a game, I would suggest lose the first goal and then show great character to storm back and win four-one like they did last Saturday. It just United, there's such a sort of good vibe coming out of United just now. Especially if you're going to concede that first goal after 43 seconds. Yes, uh, you basically have an entire football match to to turn that around and. Um, they certainly deserve credit for not panicking or not allowing a sense of despondency to um, kick in. Uh, they kept and given a couple of draws at Tannadice. Yeah, they kept playing their football and um, eventually they really did outclass Queen's Park. The, it was the the quality from wide areas is what really shone through in the game. Uh, the wide players were clearly told, be direct, get early balls into the box and get bodies into the box, which is... Um, you know, not reinventing the wheel, but it's a, when you've got good deliveries from mm. talented players and you've got um, guys that are willing to to bomb into the box, then it's a, it's a good way to play your football. And Glenn Middleton was phenomenal with three assists. Scott McMahon 
Uh, I don't think there's anybody in the Dundee United team that deserves a goal more than him for his efforts this season. Probably the most improved player compared to mm -hmm. last season. Uh, he's been terrific. So um, delighted for both those players. And um, yeah, it was interesting speaking to Glenn after the match. That was quite, um, uh, his quotes were quite spicy. I that think, was interesting. Uh, I, did, I enjoyed that, I have to say. I think, he, um, I think he feels like some of the scrutiny from supporters and hell, let's not beat around the bush from the media, from ourselves. Um, you've, you've not had a go, but you've well, said he, it's time for him to emerge the way he now is. I think Glenn Middleton is potentially a top six Premiership footballer, and if you're a top six Premiership footballer, the goal contribution should be flowing in the Championship. I do sympathise with him slightly, because he has been putting in dangerous balls, he has been making what could be considered key passes statistically, but other people haven't necessarily converted yeah. them. So you are kind yeah. of a slave to other people on occasion when it comes to uh, assists. But um, that, for example, he's, he's third assist where he turns Tommy Robson inside out and clips a beautiful ball on the Kai Fotheringham's forehead. You're not telling me he was doing that in previous games. Mm -hmm. That You know, he is capable of the outstanding, which is, as we keep saying on this programme, is the reason why you focus on these players. Yeah. Like, with the best will in the world, we aren't discussing Liam Grimshaw and talking about how he should be getting three assists a game. Yeah. Because it's uh, not his game. No. And it's not the level he, with which he's previously played. Glenn Middleton's played European football. He's scored against Spartak Moscow for Rangers. He's won Scottish Cups. He is a capable top-flight player, uh, and you just want to see that magic on a consistent basis. And... Do you know what? See, if he's fired up to prove people wrong or if he feels that people have been harsh and that gets him to an extra yeah. level, it's only a good thing for the, I remember for the club and his fans. said to me about uh, criticism, he said, the worst, the worst thing in football is when nobody's speaking about you. Yeah. Because <laughs> that means you're not, you're not valued. Mm -hmm. You get criticised. Criticiz and hey, hey, Glenn Middleton, it occurs to me, he's maybe made a wee rod for his back because his manager might be criticised. Yeah, criticise them every few weeks if this is how he reacts the positive reaction <laughs> criticism's part of the game it's yeah. how, you, how you respond to criticism some uh -huh. players take the huff and don't kick a ball for six weeks but it's how you respond it's how you react yeah. Glenn Middleton is also taken on board and has said I'm going to show these people yeah. what I'm all about and that's what you want the manager, will be, the manager will be absolutely delighted with that. Yeah. same with Tony Watt in his own little way I've never known a striker that, that doesn't have an ego any, any, anywhere you play now he, Tony Watt well he'll not be saying that you'll not be happy that Louis Moult's getting all, no. that, all the credit and no. all the praise for being the number one man at Dundee United. Uh -huh. He's wanting to show, wait a minute, I've got something to offer this club as well and he's yeah. done that and it's a brilliant situation for, for Jim Goodwin to be. Definitely. Aye, that's one of those, it's, it's, it's actually, to go back to Bears politics, I always think that about, <laughs> when they say, would you like to be Prime Minister one day, an up and coming politician? As a, as a voter, I'm thinking, well, if you don't want to be, I don't want you in there. Get out. <laughs> yeah. You should have ambition. You yeah. should be able to say it. And, and you, players, players want, I want, especially my attacking players, I want my attacking players all want to be the main man. Yeah. As long as they don't get carried away and start keeping the ball and hanging on to it. But as long as they're playing for the team, they should all be vying to be the main man at your club. And I suspect that Jim Goodwin will be more than happy to poke the bear on these things as oh, well. Yeah, like yeah. he was in the in the paper today saying that he thinks Louis Moult and Tony Walk should both be hitting double figures this season. That's him, you know, is that him playing them off against each other, trying to create a wee sense of competition or collaboration, whatever you want to call that. And likewise, you now have Matthew Kujo coming back into contention, battling with Middleton and Fotheringham mm. on the flanks. If Louis Moult, say, 85% fit this weekend, he might be knocking on the door saying, start me. Tony Watt be saying, nah, 100%. Tony Watt starts ahead of 85%. But, <laughs> do you know, it's, it's good. It creates a sense of competition. It creates a sense of intensity that uh, is vital because the last thing you want, and I'm not suggesting it's, you know, it's way too early to even have this concern, but the, the last thing you want is for these high-profile Dundee United players to get a wee bit of a cushion at the top of the league and start to, you know, maybe mm -hmm. take coast. a foot off the yeah. gas, maybe coast a little bit, whether it's subconscious or not. See if you've got some internal competition, see if you've got people fighting for their place yeah. every single week. That's exactly what you need. Absolutely. You know, if you've got somebody for the calibre of a, you know, a Glenn Middleton or a Tony Watt that doesn't feel assured of their place on a Saturday, that's brilliant because if they, if that pushes them to the performance that they're capable of, yeah. I think it's a real positive. And I would assume after Tony Watt's two goals last week, as delighted as Louis Moult was, if he's fit and has a conversation with Jim Goodwin, who's leaning towards, we'll give you another week, Astro Turf, 
we'll want you for the long term, blah, blah, blah. He'll, he'll want to play. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. Every, every player wants to play if they're fat. I mean, the last thing you want to do is be kicking your heels on the bench and, and watching Tony Watts score another, <laughs> another couple of goals. But yeah, it could be the case that the manager felt they did well enough last week and, and, and goes with a, a, a similar team. And, you know, you're, I'm always... It's, not, it's a different game on Arsenal turf, so I'm just wondering if Kujo... Yeah. We, talk, we spoke about Kujo. He's the sort of guy who could dance across yes. that stuff for fun and give players real problems. Um, I wonder if he comes back into the, the manager's thinking as well for a start. But then if, if Fotheringham was yeah. on, the, on the score sheet and Middleton setting up goals, I mean, do you want to upset it? Yeah. I, I get the feeling they're both Kujo and Mol. Yeah, Bear, is Kujo going to become the new Graham Payne? I can only play him. It's a modern one. I yeah. can only play him on AstroTurf. Yeah, Remember, yeah, maybe. We used to pull Graham Payne out yeah. if it was a heavy pitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> poor Graham Payne used to go mental. Yeah, incredibly <laughs> lightweight player. Wasn't he but a fantastic, fantastically skillful player? Eh? Yeah, but I think, I think Kujo may come back in, but... As Alan says, the, the, the team is going great. I think for Dundee United now, they've built up a real head of steam. They've built up a bit of momentum. Every team in that league on Saturday will be hoping that Wraith Rovers yeah. get a result against Dundee yes. United. Because, not because they don't like Dundee United, but you need to stop them, Tom. When you've yeah. got a team at the uh -huh. top, they've got a head of steam up, and look as though they're going to start pulling away. Somebody's got to knock them off their perch a wee bit. So United will have to take them on board and use that as well. I remember last season... Air United were the team who started off on fire, mainly because Deepak and Yemi were scoring goals yeah, for fun mm -hmm. at that point in time. And it took a long time. I mean, Dundee were basically just hanging in and hanging in in that league. And it took a long time until Dundee actually, I think it was nearly, with that game at Christmas when Dundee beat them, Air started to just yeah. fall away a wee bit. But if Dundee United can keep that going, keep that momentum going, then yeah, they, they, I mean, they won't shake off everybody, but they'll shake off a fair number of teams. Oh, well. <laughs> But all doing me down here. Did, going back specifically to the on-field events on Saturday, it strikes me, you can come into this, after a start like United have had, Wraith or the other teams that have had a great start, it's a game where sometimes a manager will say, well, you know what, I would I would take a point there away, away from home. But the, the control with which United have played away from home, the momentum they've got, it's really, whatever team he picks, it's, it's telling them to go out and keep doing what you've been doing, isn't it? I think it'll be a really good game. I, do. Uh -huh. I think it'll be a really, really good game. It's Wraith Rovers will test um, Dundee United. I think they only know one way to play it. Uh, their attacking talent is there for all yeah. to see. Guys like Josh Mullen, Dylan Easton, Jack Hamilton, Callum Smith, Sam Stanton, all real. Louis Vaughan. Louis Vaughan, of course, Louis Vaughan. Yeah. Um, uh, real attacking talent, and I won't get too much in the weeds, as one for our colleague uh, Craig Cairns to write about, but I was uh, on um, a, a data platform the other day, and their Wraith uh, pressing stats are through the roof. There's a Wraith Rovers player at the top of pretty much every high pressing mm -hmm. metric in this division. Um, so, that shows you how they play. They want to attack, they want to score goals, and when you're in possession, they want to get right in your face and mm. win possession high up the pitch. Jim Goodwin will know that, he'll try to play through, and I think he will hope that while both teams have excellent attacking options, Dundee United have a better defence, and they can, when required, rope it up, have enough quality to play through that high press and create chances. That has to be the strategy. There might be a bit of... Sniffiness from some United fans. It's, it's only Wraith Rovers. Should we be talking about, you know, being strong defensively and then playing through them in the break? I, I think that would maybe be a wee bit disrespectful to a, a very good team that um, they've assembled in Kirkcaldy. And if there's a way to win the game, then I don't think you can be too snobby mm -hmm. about that. I think mm -hmm. keeping it tight and then trying to play through that high intense press and into the space that's in behind Wraith Rovers will be the way that Dundee United can. Um, can, can win this match. Yeah, I must admit, that, that's why I say United don't need to change the way they play because, it's, I mean, Wraith are a cavalier team and it's great, it's great to watch. But United have gone away and chalked up some big wins, gone away with controlled performances yes. that are built on that really, really solid defensive foundation. So it's not a... I, I, I'm like, I think that this might be the game of the weekend in mm -hmm. Scotland, but it, in sense of... Attacking football, it's not going to be a slugfest. It's not going to be they get the ball and here up the park because United are playing in a very, very controlled manner just now, particularly away from home. Yeah, and I also think that 
United enjoy it when teams feel the onus to attack them. Mm -hmm. Now, Air United and Abroath aren't the most attacking teams in the world. However, on their own patch, you could tell that they felt a need to kind yeah. of step out a little mm -hmm. bit and try to, to create some attacking movements when, when they hosted Dundee United and Dundee United took advantage. Wraith Rovers, similarly, although I worry that they've got far more capacity to hurt United, they'll feel the need to entertain their fans. Packed Starks mm -hmm. Park, top of the table clash. They'll want to come out and play and lay down a marker. And I think United, providing they can deal with that, particularly in the first 20, will like that. They will mm -hmm. feel like they can pick holes in a team that actually comes out and plays them because it won't happen every week. It certainly doesn't happen at Tannadice. So I think United will um, welcome that, providing they can they can handle it mm. you, as it was. I'm, I'm absolutely gutted I'm not going to be able to see it, I have to say. I should, it really it should, should have be Friday night. Yeah, I I yeah. I've no understanding why it's not been selected because... Mm -hmm. I mean, is, is there a game selected this Friday? No. So, I mean... No, no. It's... And it's uh, been, this, yeah. We didn't know where Wraith were going to be. Everybody thought United oh, would you be could have guessed, But one thing you always know about the, the Wraith Rovers in recent seasons, is a cracking football team. Yeah. And... And, and United were always going to bring a, a yeah. big support. So yeah. the, the worry when you put games on TV is that people stay home and don't go to the game. But By the way... That's not going to happen Wraith this will, Wraith will be happy. And I was going to say you're getting a great crowd it's a great yeah. Saturday afternoon I don't think that would be affected for a Friday night no, I think it would still be I can, a big crowd I can see it both ways but I do I just want to watch it I'm I just know I was going to say <laughs> and I, I bristle against this notion that football is increasingly becoming a TV show I like the idea that it's a big game on a Saturday at 3 o'clock packed stadium and the way to watch it is being in the stadium and experiencing mm. it live It's, but at the same time no I, I, you know you're right in what you say it's two football clubs that are playing some great stuff and could be shown to a wider audience. And you think the viewing figures would be good as well? I think you'd think so. I mean, and I had a wee look. The next uh, game on TV in the championship is Queen's Park against Airdrie Onions. Mm. It's not quite got the same ring. To yeah. no, no disrespect to those clubs, but not, it they're probably a good game. It but should be a good game. This, yeah. this is right. going to be the biggest game in the championship. It's going to be It's not a game to pick for TV. No offence. Airdrie are playing cracking football. Uh. Queen's Park are very open, but it's, they're playing at hand in this season, aren't they? Yeah. What are you going to have 2,000 there? Yeah, I'm, I can't remember which stadium it's that. Arena. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know. I mean, this would be the perfect way to show off the championship, the Scottish championship. Uh, be a full stadium, great game, top of the table clash. And it isn't, no. it isn't the benefit of hindsight that we're saying that it would be a cracker either. I think at basically at the beginning of the season, we yeah. sat here and predicted Wraith Rovers would be the yeah. closest challengers to Dundee United. Let's go back to what I said about Wraith are a good football and Team yeah. United were the favourites. If I was a scheduler, that was that would be one of the games I'd yeah. want. And if you know anything about the the Dundee teams, when they're going to Fife, they're bringing a, a big big away support down to the family yeah. and, and Wraith. So. I don't know. You have to go on the schedule and see what yeah. they're thinking. Is maybe they, that, yeah, like. I don't know. Maybe there's a, a, a good I'll reason for I'll tell you what they're thinking. Is, oh, we need a game. It's not in Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where's Fife? Where's uh, Dundee? That's controversial. They get about. They get about. They, my, they, they do a good my job. My family were from yeah. Glasgow and they didn't know where Dundee was. That <laughs> they, was maybe yeah. because I lived there. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want them. <laughs> <laughs> they do a good job overall, I have to say. I do, I do ah, enjoy watching it. The coverage is good. I think they've just missed, missed mm -hmm. a big chance in this one. Yes, again, this is a specific criticism. Or not. The BBC have, have done a lot to promote the championship mm -hmm. in the last mm -hmm. uh, three or four seasons. and Credit to them for that. But I'm still not paying my licence fee. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the football. The other thing, just as we're speaking there, because, uh, well, one of them had a mention, as is often the case, to a few interesting old boy story here in this game. Sam Stanton, Keith Watson. Mm -hmm. Nice Keith to Watson, see them. Yeah, I forgot about Keith Sean Watson. Burn. Sean Burns, yeah. <laughs> Keith Slightly Watson. different. Uh, Sean Burns vibe. playing. Um, I gather Sean Burns is playing very, very, very well at the I've moment. Heard, yeah. Kind of apparently kicked into gear in their last game properly. Him and Sam Stanton mm. were, were unplayable, so very interesting. Very often in good footballing teams, good attacking sides, the guy that doesn't get the credit is the Sean Burns of the team because he's the one that lets everyone around mm -hmm. him. 
play and express themselves because he keeps the discipline. I think I think Sean's sufficiently high profile that when he's playing well, it, ah. it gets spotlighted. If, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, you know, it's, yeah. it, people are kind of looking out for how Sean Burns doing because he's you know a relatively uh -huh. high profile player for for Wraith Rovers. But then so. we've seen that United with it in Ross Docherty as well. It's yeah. kind of the same same idea. I think it? there's more of an appreciation for that now, isn't there? Yeah, uh, I think yeah. The, the more uh, you know, the more football people watch, I guess, and the more it's analysed to death, the more that unsung hero traditionally is actually getting. I'm glad for Sean Burns as well because he spent a lot of time last season warming the bench, didn't he? He just mm -hmm. wasn't, he wasn't in the manager's thoughts for for the majority of it. I, I know Sean Burns, he's, he's a terrific, terrific player. Right? You know, he just didn't fit into Dundee's plans last season, which is working hard. So it's good to see he's actually on the park, showing showing what he can do. He's a very competent footballer who also knows when to put a tackle. And I've got to say, mm -hmm. um, but he, he does allow others. Was that around, a euphemism for a foul? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he does allow others around him to go and go and play. You know, he, he makes difficult things look simple, he can, yeah. he, which is always a sign of a, a good player. I'm really looking forward to the midfield battle. Yeah. I think it'll be a cracker. Yeah. He was sibled yeah. and Doherty against Stanton and Burn. I think it'll be really good. There's mm -hmm. loads, of, loads of attacking players on show. Uh, you know, obviously, we've been through the Dundee United ones, Dylan Easton's on fire, things like that. But, uh, you know, in terms of just looking forward to a right old scrap, I think those four up against each other in yeah. terms of... And I think to an extent, although it's a bit of a cliche, I think that'll decide who wins the game. You know, that yeah. engine room, whoever can actually grab control of the game in there, and I think it'll be a really, really interesting one. Great stuff. Moving on in other news, it's Hall of Fame time of year at Paradise. And I must admit when it, uh, it popped up, because despite my blue specs, I do get emails from Dundee United. Um, and I saw that... <laughs> Abusive <few> ones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, you, you want to know this <laughs> so you can slag us. Um, no, nice to see Craig Conway and a blast from the way, way distant past, Mogensberg. Uh, George and Alan looking blank. He's even he's even before our time. That was, that was. The famous, I mean, I, I used to write nostalgia pieces about the, the Scandinavians. Yeah, uh, that came over to United in the 60s and used to speak to, to people like Doug Smith and others and and Dick Donnelly, my, my great mate, who watched uh, United through the 60s. Mogensberg is one that's sort of forgotten about, but they said, people that saw him play said he, he was probably the best, had injury problems that curtailed, but... A lot of people rated him as, while he wasn't the most high profile of the Scandinavians, he was the one that was, mm. the, he was a really, really good footballer. And I, I, I was just looking at his biography uh, before he came in and went back to Scandinavia relatively early, uh, 68 I think it was, but was still an international. Saw that he played against Scotland in Copenhagen in 1971, Bear. Famous game. Exactly. I thought, well, the last thing that any Scotsman would remember that game <laughs> for, and I can't even remember the score, but I remember the I remember the stories about them going yeah. to the pub afterwards. It yeah. was Billy Bremner got banned. And, yeah. and, was it Arthur Graham? Was it for a tackle? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Ironically, he, Billy Bremner got banned for having a drink. <laughs> He'd filled stands all his career yeah. with injured players. But, <laughs> aye, there was a night out. Hard after the games, game. as you could yeah. do in those days. So I remember yeah. that. But the other one, good, great to see. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's different players do different things to earn Hall of Fame status. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of players had played more games for United than Craig Conway, had longer careers at Tannadice than Craig Conway. But Craig Conway, 2010 Cup final, yeah. that alone. Yeah. Great, yeah, and he, he had a great celebration. Great, as he ran to the fans. Great pictures for us as well. Uh, but the ones from Tanadice are good as well. I was looking through the the gallery in order to pick <laughs> out the pictures, and with the sombrero and the tangerine sunglasses, and that was a man that had enjoyed his night the previous <laughs> night. There was uh, some some very good pictures. Aye. Not quite a, a a lounging Danny Swanson with his top off, but it's uh, there's some there's some good okay, ones. I was there. in the foyer that day when they came off their open top bus and came in at the foyer. Now anybody that knows the foyer at Tanadice, it's a wide room, and this is no exaggeration. And I think Craig might have been one. Several, several of them hit both walls as they were trying to walk <laughs> out the door. <laughs> They'd had, I, I don't think bed was, a, was an issue that weekend. That's always a sign of a very good night. 
Yeah, both walls. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I mean, it was, you're right in what you say, it was such a special performance that yeah. although his body of work is, is uh, you know, merits the, the recognition, when you were that dominant in such a uh -huh. big game for, for United historically, that in itself is worth its place in the Hall of Fame, I think. Aye. I remember speaking to, to, to months later, I remember speaking to Sean Dillon about, about that game and he, for him, the great thing about that game, and he was talking about professional football in general, he said, you very often get the chance with 15 minutes to go to say, I can just enjoy mm -hmm. this. Yeah. And the United were so dominant against Ross County that day, they were three up and he, he said it was to be able to do that in a cup final, he said, was amazing that he, he just enjoyed the last 15 minutes rather than saying, you know, rather than barking instructions. Yeah. He said, keep it going, let's not give anything away. It was just, he knew they'd won the cup and it must have been a, it yeah, was a great savor, day. Savor it, savour it. Yeah, uh -huh. because most, most players will tell you a cup final just a blink yeah. and it's over, you know, yeah. because of what's happened. But I, I spoke to Craig earlier this year uh, about that game, funnily enough, and it's, um, I thought it was interesting that asked him, as is the case with the vast majority of young players, uh, formerly young players that have played in cup finals, they'll tend to say something along the lines of, you know, you just sort of shrugged it off and played your game and you assume that occasions like that will come repeatedly during your career because you're a young man and world at your feet and all that sort of thing. But he said basically, no, absolutely, that's not what I thought. No. I had been a part-time footballer, I'd been a hairdresser. So I basically thought, I've made it this far, this might be as far as I ever make it, I'm going to make sure I... Uh, give everything to this football match mm -hmm. and make sure we walk away as winners which um, I think that ferocity and that determination shone through uh, on the day because he was absolutely unplayable I was it was uh, one, of the, one of the performances I witnessed in a, yep. in a cup final and it should be a great night for him if you like the podcast we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it or even better leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts all that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tele Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice, 